Let's drone out. Oh, we're all live. No. Oh, uh, yeah, we are. Well, hello. Hello, you're listening to Let's Drone Out, which I haven't pressed start on. <laughs> right, hang on. Right. Hello, and welcome to Let's Drone Out. Someone please play the intro music because I'm going to wind up. I think do, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to um, Let's Drone Out. Jack's looking for the tape that the Stoke Show's already started, so don't worry, boys. Yeah. Um, Tony is going to be joining in about three minutes because his laptop's been on since 7.30. So uh, it's clearly steam-powered. Tonight, we are joined uh, by none other than Adam Juniper. Hi, boys. I'm Bill. Frank, who's not talking. But it's nice to know he's with us in spirit. Oh, I'm Frank. Um, we've got above you... Ah, yes, that's me. Probably known as Chipko or Jay, mostly. We've got a little stowaway called NJ Tech. Hello, good evening. BS, BMS Thomas. Hello. Uh, and Paul. And we have also his daddy, BMS Paul or BMS Web. Um, I think I go by BMS Web. Yeah. BMS Web done over really normally. Yeah, the only yeah. reason this says BMS Thomas is because this is my Google Hangout account thing. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, I can hear us lightly in the background. Yeah, Dad, I think. Dad's computer. I had my I had my laptop nearby, sorry about that. I just killed it. Well, it's nice to know we've got one listener. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yep. But anyone who wants to use the chat, it is on um, powering on dot co dot uk uh you can post your questions and comments in there and periodically we will read them out and we just want to say thank you guys for joining us i can't believe it's like five in the morning there for you i'm so sorry <laughs> look that's all right thomas is actually on school holiday so it's not so bad um it just means we're going to get up and go flying after this yeah <laughs> can't wait is it going to be the usual spot a couple of dives over the old trees and that yeah, usually oh, I suppose we'll pick one of the spots depending on what we want to do. I mean, we've got the um, Thomas has got Hawaii coming up, so I probably could do some more boring training, which is going to be race training and things along those lines, won't it? Well, you find a boring training, yeah. Thomas, you know, he'll just go around and I love it. <laughs> it's yeah, coming to a season now, though, isn't it? I mean, you're you're having the good weather coming along, the like, you know, better weather. Well, well, it's meant to be better. This is the irony, it's um, <laughs> duck, duck the heading's on. Uh, Melbourne's weather is. I suppose not as I assume not as bad as what it, what it's like in Britain, but um, we get four seasons in the one day. It's been spring now for a little while, and uh, it doesn't. We will be wearing snow jackets when we're flying, and we'll probably be wearing snow jackets again today flying. So yeah. it's that cold. Wow. I think we in this country tend to assume that everyone else's weather is better than ours, but we forget well, that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you're actually correct because we've got a lot of British guys over here, and when I complain about our weather, they laugh at me. You know what I mean? Like, dude, it's not so bad. You know what I mean? Go to Britain, it's running most of the time. You know, so uh, we get like a little bit of a drizzle, and we're like, oh, we can't fly. I'd always imagined that most of America was fine, and all the pictures of San Francisco I'd seen have been absolutely beautiful. You know, that bridge, the sky, and all the rest of it. When you get there, the place is fog for ninety percent of the time, and they're like, yeah, that's <laughs> like this all year. <laughs> It's pretty mind-blowing, isn't it, when you go to different countries and see what the weather's like? Yeah, I mean... I, I recommend Iceland. 
The only the only good thing about um oh, also how's my sound now, guys? People in the chat, you sound good. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, the only the only good thing about the British weather is when you walk out the door, it doesn't smack you in the face. Do you know what I mean? No, it's it, always it creeps a up on bit... you. It lets you get yeah. far enough out of the house that you think the clothes you chose were fine, and then it gets you. <laughs> yeah, and you can never have an umbrella when you live at a seaside town because um. It, it's always too windy, so it's point you just have to get wet. It's great. So, yeah. Oh well, right. yeah, well, I can't believe we talked about the weather, but you okay, guys. I want to I wanna talk about drones because I've seen some very exciting new toys this week. I've oh, just been in. Um, I've been in Photokina, um, which is the every other year it's the biggest photo photography show in the world. So, admittedly, these are not uh, races, uh, but I've just been uh, touching the new um, uh, GoPro drone, which is fantastic. With a um, slide-out handle, so you've got a um, you know portable gimbal with a battery in, and you can then slide that into the aircraft shell, pull the flip-out arms, and it flies off as well. So you've got all the stuff that DJI sell in one go, um, and it, it does mean you have to buy the new GoPro Hero Five. Then. Did you fly it? They wouldn't let me fly it in the hall. No. That so it looks good and it sounds good, but we don't know yet. I think it'll be all right. I mean, it won't be. It's not going to race, is it? I um, I had the I had some DJI branded beer, so that was uh, that was nice. What? That that yeah. is a real. Uh, the other day, I found out from Ben Portman um, that apparently, like with the pre-ordered um, Fat Shark goggles, you got a pair of underwear boxes. <laughs> I never knew about that. I was like, what? Um, now Paul, that Thomas, is branding. Are you guys looking forward to getting hold of the new GoPro Hero Five and smashing it up and then sending it to E Blog? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's a throwback, well, that was, isn't it? That, that was actually my handiwork smashing the uh, GoPro Hero Four. That's the that's the irony. The only GoPro we've actually broken is a GoPro Hero Four Four Black Edition, which was my pride and joy, and it was the most. So it was. It just wasn't. It a was anticlimactic crash on the face of the planet. Yes. It's like imagine being like only ten degrees tilted over, and you just like clip an um a wall, and somehow the GoPro manages to explode itself. Did you put all of the Ouch. force into the uh, into the camera rather than the rest of the craft? Yeah. Look, it was... well, it hit arm first, so I'm thinking maybe no? it was the uh, just the way it hit that it must have put some strange force on the GoPro or something. Admittedly, it was all concrete. It was an indoor area, but um, okay. it was real realistic. It was the most uneventful accident ever. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe they so, actually yeah. killed the GoPro. Yeah, and GoPro, they do kind of sell it on the whole action thing, don't they? It's not like it says, this is super delicate on the side. <laughs> no, not at all. But well, yeah. I put my GoPros through hell. Well, Thomas's LCD doesn't work and hasn't been working for about the last two years on his GoPro Hero 3 Plus, is it? Black Edition? Plus, yeah. And uh, that one's still going strong. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I had the same thing with my, my, I have a GoPro Black, literally, it must be no more than a mile and a half away from where I live. And I know it's out there in a field somewhere. And oh, yeah. The, the silvers have been fine. I've never had a problem. Like they've got bashed up, but they're fine. But my Black is out there somewhere. And I say the same thing every time. You can take the camera, just leave me the footage, please. Yeah. So you've actually well, everyone, everyone knows mine is somewhere in a bloody forest in, uh, oh, what's the hill behind Brighton called? Uh, Devil's Dyke? Yeah, not 
yeah, well, you, you go up on the bus, don't you, on a nice trip. Anyway, I'm, you know, if anyone finds it, do please send me the footage and then keep the camera. Mine's washed out to France somewhere. Has it got washed away with the river? My three black. <laughs> nice. I don't oh, know yeah. where in the world it is now. It could be anywhere. Well, I, yeah, I put an AR drone in the channel as well, but I think that's long gone. Is that your flying ability? <laughs> I, I've lost a ye up Devil's Dyke. Devil's Dyke is like the worst place ever to like li constantly lose stuff. It's so mm. well the winds change so quickly and yeah. Um, it, it's such a dramatic view. It's so it's so worthwhile right up until it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's like that, isn't it? It's, that's the worst thing. I think I've, we've never actually lost a camera, have we? We've lost a memory card. Oh, we have lost. Oh, we have lost camera. Yes, we have. That's right. But it hasn't been anything expensive. Which is, um, I think if I had a choice of losing a camera or breaking it, I'd pick breaking it any day because that way at least I know it's gone, and I haven't got the the that sinking feeling knowing your GoPro's out there or your yeah, camera's out there. I, I still have it. I still have it. Like it's it's been about a year, but I know it's there somewhere. So I suppose it's, they're like gosh, pets, aren't just... they? You don't want your pet to turn up missing. You would rather it dead so you had that closure. Holy yeah. Well, we do treat them as pets these days. Come on, boy. Come on. Yeah. Careful, Tony's in the It's a very good analogy, isn't it? <laughs> I guess it would be different if we knew that maybe it had been picked up by somebody who was down on their luck and they'd sold it and they'd bought some you know, food to sustain them or, you know, extra strong lager or something that they really needed. But um, <laughs> it's just the fact that it's actually out there on its own and it's not being used and no one has it. And it's just this this piece of technology going to waste, kind of like a pet gone lost or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yesterday, uh, the other day, I got a an email, a correction, um, so yeah, I, I just want to write this wrong because here at Let's Drone Out, we believe in you know speaking the truth, telling it how it is, and uh, yeah, I've got a lovely email. Um, dear Jack, uh, you're an idiot. Um, you've got this wrong. Um, hang on, and yep, it's totally useless. The TBS crossfire. It's illegal in every country except the UK because you in the UK you said on your show that it was illegal. Come on, guys. Do a bit of research. It literally took five seconds of Google. Um, the section that says 826 millihertz, I've got a whole www.offcom link. Uh, apparently, you can use those signals, but they are used by a mobile telephone um, company. So, yeah, I've got an awful email, and it's from Dan Upton. Thank you. Well, screw you, Dan Upton. I mean, thank you for that useful contribution, Dan Upton. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll post I'll post the uh, the link on that on the um, on on the FPV hub. So uh, yeah, Jack was wrong. I thought my source was reliable. So uh, Painless Three Hundred and Sixty, if you're listening to this, and you told me that the crossfire was illegal, um, I've got some notes for you and an email to forward on to you. So uh, I know that's throwing you under the bus. <laughs> In, in fairness, emails about this now. In fairness, Jack, also to the research point, if we did stop for ten seconds to research everything we said, it would be a pretty slow show. It, it is now, anyway. Um, yo, this this asks these guys some questions. I have been following you guys way longer than I can remember, and you made it onto my favourites playlist, where you guys wow. were chasing each other on, on the beach playing. Um, 
Oh, what is it? Uh, so, like finding Nirvana or something like that. What's it called? Uh, approaching Nirvana, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, and you were, you were. Oh, it was just brilliant. You know, you even did like a little let's fly where you spoke over it, the commentary as well, and how you guys managed to do that because you guys were locked in on each other, and I can't even remember. You know that 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 was before Kiss and everything, wasn't it? But you still had some aliens. Yeah, that's that's right. Look, I, I think um Thomas has really been the one that's been pretty epic at following, haven't you? I'm alright. Yeah, he's, he's he's been pretty modest about Maddie. it. But yeah, um, it's it's um it's it's interesting. We're sort of um Thomas is really good at following. Uh, I'm am I'm really good at communicating with him, as in getting the information over to him as uh. I suppose as quickly as possible. And, yeah. Thomas is, and I'm terrible at communicating. Thomas is terrible at communicating. Like he'll to just... give you an idea of the lo- one of the last times we tried to follow each other, we were in a park and as always. And you know, it's not really a forest, but there's lots of trees around. And I'm like to dad, okay, in three seconds, I'm going to turn around the tree. Turn around the tree, the tree, which is the tree. Is it to my left? Is it to my right? Is it ahead of me? You know what I mean? So his communication is really, really, really pretty quite poor. So, um, but no, look, I think the following footage, I mean, we'd love doing that, don't we? Yeah, it's so much fun. I think it's nice seeing a quadcopter or even an aircraft in the air. Uh, Luke Bannister just did a video um, with Wings, we just watched this morning. And that's a really, really epic video. If you haven't seen it, it's really worth watching. It's some really close proximity uh, chase footage. I don't know whether you guys have seen that or not. Um, Leo was ch- talking about it earlier on. Um... In the chat on Powering On. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't had a chance. I've I've been setting up. It, it's really it's really good footage. Really good footage, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, man. I know this quad was the leading quad. I like where they put the LEDs. You mean uh, wing, don't you? Oh yeah. That was wing, wing. chasing. Sorry, I keep that <laughs> language. It's too, it's too early for us. <laughs> I know, it's like you poor guys. Oh man. Oh gosh. Yeah, you won. Okay, you won the um, Australian nationals. Well done, Tom. Thanks. Right? <laughs> yes, go on, Tom. About yeah. it. What about about this round nationals? He's so modest. He won't talk about. He won't. Yeah, he'll talk one, about it if you one. if you ask him a question about anything. He'll actually really elaborate. He'll open up about it and tell you all about this, that, and whatever. But if you ask him anything about things that he's won, he's like, "Oh yeah, yep, okay." You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, look, he went through and actually won the race, and he was also fortunate enough to actually win the um, acro too, wasn't it? Yeah, somehow. <laughs> I am. Um, so wow. that was. Uh, so proud of Thanks. you for using yeah, of a GoPro as well. Well, yeah, that was his choice. Um, the, the, the problem he had was uh, you've got the two... Ca- you, want to, you explain the issue that you had. Um, well, the issue was originally the Acro was going to be a HD camera only competition. But then on the day they changed it to it's just an option. So my only quad that can carry a camera right now is the Alien 6-inch, and the Helix is 45 degrees tilt as opposed to 35. And on top of that, the Helix is a super fast, speedy, crazy machine, while the um, the Acro Quad's a bit of a bust compared to that. So adapting to the GoPro was going to be hard in itself, and then adapting straight back for the racing, back to the Helix, was what I was scared of, and I basically thought I was just going to make a mistake and crash. But thankfully, well, I didn't well, collect anything. Well, what he said to me was he wasn't sure about what what to use. He asked me, he goes, look, do I go to the GoPro quad or do I stick with the Acro quad? Sorry, with the race quad, um, and uh, just do my Acro with that. I'm going to have more of a chance, you know, doing well with the um, race quad because that's what I've been flying. 
So uh, I asked him, I said, look, what do you want to do? I go, what would be the, what are you actually after? He was after the GoPro footage, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I wanted to. He, I was already in the mindset. He really wanted the GoPro footage. I said, okay, so what if you used the GoPro and got GoPro footage of your acro, but you lost the acro, um, and then you went through, because the camera angle changed, lost in the race, smashed into a gate, and it's over, but you've walked away from the Australian Nationals with just GoPro footage of yourself competing in the acro. Would you be happy with that? And he said, yes, I would, wouldn't you? Yeah. So um, as a result, he went out there and just flew what he wanted to fly, didn't you? Pretty much. And somehow they decided that I won. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'd, I'd actually, the, the irony was I'd, they'd already awarded the race win and I'd walked away at that stage and started uh, packing things up. And um, when they announced the acro, they mentioned his name as the winner and I was miles away, wasn't I? Yeah. So I never, I never, never got back and got a photograph of you, did I? Uh, not for the acro, no. Not for the acro, no, I didn't. So, yeah, he, look, he did really well. He did really well. He, he's yeah, well, trained hard. He's worked hard. So, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Well done, Thomas. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Thanks. man. You're slaying it. Teach um, teach Final Glide a lesson. Who's real? <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the Helix like? Um, It's really, really good. For it. It's kind of, it's the next configuration, like a lot of the new races are going. Yeah. Um. One thing that's awesome about it, though, is that it's got that integrated PDB flight controller on one board, and then is it's got the... Ah, uh, no, it's a custom one just for the Helix. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it cleans up the build heaps. And um, it's epic because it's it's pretty much a full racer. But then you've also still got good serviceability. So, like, for example, I blew up one of the uh, flight controller PDBs recently. He actually and... crashed an NC caught on fire. Um, and obviously that short circuit or something and Killed. your flight controller went... Yeah, and we were able to switch everything out in about 10 minutes and have it all flash ready to go again for flying. So what? you've got pretty much a full race frame, but it assembles really well. It, it's worth mentioning too that what, what he's actually flying with at the moment are prototype uh, frames. Uh, he, he got a prototype. Um, he got the first one outside of uh, Impulse. Impulse, and that was back in May. Uh, and the irony was they brought it over to him a week after his birthday. So he got a hand-delivered, completely built quad for him to test and try out and provide them with feedback, wasn't it? Yep. Are you using the GoPro 2 lens? Ah, uh, no, I'm using a standard 2.8. Uh, you can. can on you... the on my ones, you can now. we got the new plates, so you okay. can. Okay. Um, the Helix, I'm pretty sure, can take the GoPro one. Um, why did our screen just turn off? What? Oh, yeah. there we go. Um... So yeah, if you can take the up to the two point five GoPro, I think. I'm not sure if you can go any like with the thicker lenses. I think you can. I think you can, yeah. yeah they've, they've, I can't remember uh, what it could take. They just recently redesigned it again before the release. They've modified the top plates because originally it was set to uh I think you'd only run the two point eight mil lenses, the standard yeah. lenses. And um the team pilots when they received it, some of them were using the two point ones. So they made some modification changes and uh I believe it can take the 2.1s now. Thomas actually races with the 2.8. Okay. I, I You know what? Over here, 2.8 seems quite rare. I, I've liked 2.8 for a bit, especially if I'm trying to aim for a gap. Um, but most people are on 2.1 over here. Well, I'll, I'll share you my with my, my experience with 2.1 was uh, everyone was telling me that 2.1 is better. And as soon as I put 2.1 on, I loved it. Absolutely loved it, right? 
There was nothing I didn't like about it. I could see around corners. It just felt right. The only problem was at the time, it was just before a race meet and Thomas was timing my laps and all my laps were slower. And after about 30 packs, I couldn't get back up to the same speed. Um, I gave up and went back to 2.8. So if you talked about, if you asked me what did it feel like, it felt fantastic. There's just no two ways about it at all. But I couldn't get my speed back up to um, the times I was doing with uh, the 2.8. So as a result, I dropped the 2.1. And um, Thomas was able to get to back to your speeds, weren't you? I was. Like, if it was early race, I'd be better off on 2.1. <clears throat> like, if for some reason I missed out on a practice or something, I could easily get quick times on a 2.1 but i found once i'd learned to track on 2.8 i could go so much faster with fine tuning that for me i was just like i'm just going to trade off the field of view and the ability to learn the track as quickly for precision it's it's worth mentioning too with thomas um he is a bit of a freak in that he can quickly adapt to virtually any pod like insanely quickly uh you know one or two packs and he's in tune with the quad and he can fly just about anything so um but that's not the norm for most people it takes them a little while to get used to a different quad and well i've been lucky different... though because with the reviews and stuff like that you get to fly a lot of different quads so that's it true actually so he's got used a to, lot easier you've gotten to... used to flying different quads over yeah. and over and over again haven't well, you? well you've only flown realistically about three different quads yeah i think there's a, there's an argument as well for it's a, it's a real horses for courses uh kind of thing i mean i've found certainly with the uh the freestyle stuff especially if you're doing anything that involves backwards flying uh it's really advantageous to have that 2.1 field of view but of course because it it, it gives you such a wild wide field of view your distance anything in the distance is suddenly compressed so much that you know if you're looking for a gate those things become very difficult to hit so i, I think there is a, a kind of argument for 2.1 being a really great freestyle lens but obviously down to a 2.5 or a 2.8 is much more advantageous for racing yeah look i think you hit the nail on the head it's um whatever works for you that's you've got to go some things work for some pilots and other things work for others so um if it yeah. works for you that's the only thing that really really counts because i mean there's Absolutely. arguments for everything people will go racing and say well um, running the 2.8, you can't actually see where you're turning. If you've got to turn, say, around a flag and then hit a gate, because you can't sort of see around in a, um, towards the size of the screen, um, they're saying, well, that makes it actually harder uh, flying a track. So, um, Yeah, I, th- I think I that's, that's another thing, isn't it, about knowing it, knowing the track before you turn up or knowing the layout uh, that then gives you the advantage if you want to go to 2.8, knowing where you should be turning left or right. But if, if, you're not, if not, then yeah, absolutely. Something a little wider will, will let you see that on the side uh, yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, it's interesting. You guys it's, look, it's, it's, it's one of those concepts that's really, really hard to get your head around what's right and what's wrong. I mean, someone turns around and says, this is the absolute correct lens. I just think... Well, it's the no. correct lens for you, but it may not be for me or someone yeah. else. I'm, I'm still you're, you're in flying, between. Yeah. I'm still in between and torn. I mean, like Thomas flew the acro. I mean, this is another thing. If you're doing an acro competition, um, if you're running a 2.8 like Thomas was, because Thomas likes the precision of the 2.8, that's a major disadvantage because the footage looks, any movements look quite abrupt in it. It doesn't look smooth. Yeah. Um, downside so if you've got a 2.8 lens versus a 2.1 the footage from the 2.1 will always look much much better it's no different to thomas's race footage um one of the problems we have is when you compare his race footage to someone else's race footage 
you're comparing a 2.1 to a 2.8. So it's hard to tell how your speed compares to another pilot. Um, so it's it, it does create... <clears throat> So have you tried right down the middle? Have you tried the 2.5? Because I, I did, and I, I, I'm i still not sure how I feel about it. I think I like one or the other, but 2.5 is a Well, that's what I've been told. But... Everyone's been suggesting the 2.5, so that's one of the things we've got to try. I've got one recently, so I want to put that in an Acura quad um, and see how that is, especially, too, with how the Hawaii one's going to be judged by video. And I'm thinking it could be worth having the illusion of speed. And also the illusion of smoothness. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, the other the other advantage is too um, with the two point eight. If you're running a HD camera like a, a GoPro or something like that, if you're running two point eight, every one of your movements have to be that extra bit smooth um, because it just looks terrible in your FPV feed. So if you're striving to get those movements smoother and smoother, when you look at the HD footage, it just looks pretty epic doesn't it like it's really really smooth because you've had to be that little bit more precise so that's another advantage with running the 2.8 but yeah look there's there's pros and cons to both of them and if someone turned around to me said what's the best lens my answer would be i've got absolutely no idea <laughs> no, i think that's great <laughs> yeah yeah he's still running that 2.5 on your uh fast beast neil yeah Jake. yeah i am well i did i put that on my 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 x racer um just because i didn't want too much of a departure from from what i normally fly for freestyle stuff which is the 2.1 and it was nice i could tell it there wasn't too much of a departure it did still feel good but um uh it, it also takes away a little bit of having to have that up tilt angle so critically right um and, and i think when you flying 2.8 on a very, very fast machine, getting the up tilt on a 2.8 is, is quite a critical sweet spot, whereas a 2.5 is a little more forgiving. And obviously a 2.1, you can almost run the thing flat and whatever angle you put the quad at, you can just, you <laughs> yeah. can just see. Um, so, but, but yeah, for, for, for something that moves as fast as that X uh, that I have, I, I think the 2.5, again, it's always so subjective, as, as as Paul and Thomas have said, but um, the 2.5, for me, is, is working working pretty well. Yeah, look, I think the 2.5 is something that we have to try for sure. Um, one of the biggest uh, issues we had, we had people over, um, and Thomas was flying his race quad. This is the one previous to the Helix. And uh, they'd come over for a flight with us, and Thomas did the most amazing display. This thing was just hiking. Look, it was just so fast, taking these tiny gaps, doing over-unders at insane speeds. Like, he was powering down through the over-under. So he's like, you know, coming straight through really, really fast. These guys were totally blown away. And Thomas has come up, the batteries has come to land, and he's pulled the quad up probably um, about, I'd say, you know, 20 feet away from us. But he's probably about 15 feet or so up in the air, and then he just cuts throttle and just slams into the ground. And the reason for that was he couldn't actually see the ground. He thought he was actually on the ground. But because, <laughs> yeah. he's only run, because he's only running the 2.8, he thought it was down low, but he wasn't. But it looks funny because he did this most epic display and the most absolute shocking landing, wasn't it? Yeah, I break props on landing a lot. <laughs> so that, that's another disadvantage. I mean, we can't see the ground. I mean, we've got people running 65-degree camera tilt and they can see the ground perfectly when they're coming into land. Uh, we're running 45-degree camera tilt. Well, Thomas is running 45-degree camera tilt and we can't see the ground at all. Yeah, we call those arrivals, Thomas, not not hard landings. Just, it's just an arrival. <laughs> we'll run with that one what do you reckon yeah guys what were your first quads 
Um, first quads ever. Yep. Um, so I guess that'd be the V nine three nine, which is like a little ladybird quad. Ah, that's right. Yes, it was. And I think yeah. the first. Yeah. Thomas if you is... want to go for first FPV quad, that would be a for me. It would be a flame wheel four fifty. DJI. <laughs> Don't get upset, Jack, but that's the same one I had too, so I'm in that corner. <laughs> My first FPV one was a Wartox uh, Flyduino frame. Uh, fond memories. Oh, Knuckle H quads. Um, well, no, actually, no, tell a lie. Uh, an Anycopter KK2 made of wood. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have been doing it for a while then? Oh man, I'm prehistoric. Like, I mean, I haven't been doing it since the dawn of time, like Tony. I don't think anyone has. Well, Jack was building them out of wood by the time everyone else was buying proper parts, though. Yeah, you just true. like it. Yeah, I, I yeah. like wood. Wood is good. Like Tony's Tony's first quad was made out of dinosaur bones. <laughs> <laughs> Tony still there? Tony? He's there. He hasn't yeah. said a word. It's weird. Like no retaliation. I bet he's going mad. Or he's got, or he has actually bought a voodoo doll, and he is sticking pins. Or he's swearing away at you, but he's he's not worked out the silencer button. Yeah, <laughs> he, he dobbed me in. I missed a swear word on the last episode. You know, the the one that's like did, an hour and a write, half long, uh, and then two straight hours, into two the hours. chat, dobbed me in. Oh, you missed it on the ten minute mark. Remember, at least he didn't complain could, to broadcasting standard. Oh. Doesn't doesn't have a little quiet word with me. Oh no, he's left. He's upset. <laughs> Tony, if he no. wasn't upset before, he is now. <laughs> Tony just oh. grasped me up. Oh, he lived, Jack. I'm sure. I know. Hey, hey, I mean, back. to be fair, to be fair, on the show, you did actually say, "Oh, we, we don't have to worry about swearing. We can swear." Yeah, I know. So. We can we can swear <laughs> on my YouTube, man. Don't worry about it. Oh, Tony. We're sorry, internet. Well, I'm yep. sure you've heard those words. Tony before. has had internet woes, so he might yeah, be just we, distant. We let Adam on, and he says absolutely hey, heinous Tony. stuff. Tony. I'm listening Tony's to you lot. He's just moved. I've been listening to your rants about 2.1 and 2.5, etc. It's an interesting topic, I think, because it is. it's your the, field yeah. of view from the start yeah. of, as soon as you start flying. It's It's... Off the top of anyone's head, what are the EFLs for um, real photography? Do you know no that? Idea. Equivalent focal e lengths. That is that is what yeah. it is, isn't it? Uh, like the 2.3 no, and 2.4. It is just that, that wide the... angle. Surely not. It'd be tw like 28 or 20. Oh, you mean you the know, equivalent as in for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you yeah, mean. As if, uh, as if SLR. I have no idea you what know, the sensor the size of the CCDs are, but they're tiny, so... Yeah, it's how it feels. I, so I have had a PS. Um, I got I got told off that uh, basically Adam Jay, you guys need to talk about phantom stuff a bit more. Well, we Jay, Jay and I are going to set up our own show soon, so we talk about all that stuff, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a, we yeah, it's racing forever and, and freestyle. I prefer freestyle. You you guys eggs and spoons. That's where it's at. Excellent tomatoes and spoons. I don't know whether you. I don't know. I, I I'd like to start a race circuit next year and just practice a bit. But I've always just enjoyed flying and throwing it around in the air. But I don't. I, I don't that... think NJ will let you. No, he might. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, um, 
Jay, uh, let me tell you a story, uh, Paul and Thomas. Jay, um, you know, old old school flyer, flu fix wing, got got into the old dronos. Uh, he's got himself a B-Nuck and, and, you know, he's been flying 450s kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, he's, he started to get into mini quad racing and stuff. And, and Yeah, it was quite late to mini quad, yeah. really, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and then he starts hanging out with NJ. And, like, it was some sort of, like, Nazi military, <laughs> like, <Bring> training <laughs> regime of, like, you will be fast, Jay! You know, like, and has turned what I can only describe as Neil from the Young Ones into Roadrunner. Wow. <laughs> Anything like it was just like I was like, is Jay flying that? You know, and like Wow. But if you you know I've only had most people I I've I've been flying line of sight mostly. So I guess this year's been my FPV year and it's been a fun year. I can't wait for NJ to get out there, meet Thomas, chill with Paul, do a bit of flying with, with those guys, and then he's gonna come back and Jay is gonna you know, he's what? going to be shouted at like an abused housewife. And he's going to, <laughs> NJ's going to come in, he's going to kick the door in, he's going to be like, it's not fast enough! Start slapping you about. Because obviously Thomas has made him like light speed now. And, um, you know, it's like, this is not good enough. And he's showing things on his phone and, you know, like waterboarding Jay. Um, yeah, it, it, as I said before, it, it pretty much was the, the kind of typical 80s training montage <laughs> uh, we, you know, we sat there and went through everything and you know there was lots of lifting heavy carts of farming equipment and yeah we, we got there in the end <laughs> running, running up, up the stairs uh, well, oh, yeah, you know what the motivation was a long time ago jack you did say oh jay doesn't fly right he flies waypoint it's like ah oh, <laughs> yeah you say such things right and that was the whole motivation to try and just think yeah one day one day jack i'll have to go up against you and, and, and beat him at acro with me <laughs> that was yeah the let's drone out games a couple weeks ago so what do you guys think of the um racing scene at the moment um in the uk and all that or i suppose the whole of europe tony you answer that <laughs> pass my internet's going wrong okay i i think one problem that's going to exist soon if it's not already in anywhere is that there's going to be different levels of ability uh racing against each other and i think that's it's going to be harder for people to perhaps get started, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Banny exists in this country, and if you don't know, he's very, very fast. Yeah. And we've got yeah. people like Gary <laughs> Kent, and yeah, like it's um, those guys are unbelievable. Sure. Down to earth, yeah. nice guys. But they can't but, all make wow. it to every qualifying event, so you know, I think there will still be plenty of ways in. No. Um, but I suppose it doesn't really have the focus for the people to even want to, like, you know, people that want to do it big, do it for the interest of what it is, rather than actually the fame of being a racing car driver, per se. Except for the people who do it for the fame of being on Sky TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Or world champion. But um, Aren't they all being yeah, Americans I'm... and being shipped in anyway for that one? Almost certainly. <laughs> no, come on, guys, let's not sound bitter. Uh... <laughs> You know, we love Americans. <laughs> no, we've, you got, don't. We've, we've got our Nats in a week. Yes, yeah. we do. So oh, that's okay. the nice, British nice. FPV Racing Association nice. British Championships. So there's going to be shiny trophy and plaques and things, and you know, 
all sorts I've of interesting stuff going through. on. Yeah. Just, just so you know, it is actually the, it's the biggest um, radio-controlled show and finals of many things for fixed wings, pylon racing, uh, all sorts of things. Wow. Um, oh. They've only just allowed the multiplayer <laughs> into the uh, into the the areas. I mean, it's actually mind-boggling how much the sport's actually grown now. I mean, like, it's just the size of it. Like, two years ago, racing really didn't really exist, you know what I mean? Other than yeah. a few mates going out and saying, let's, let's race around this tree and that tree, you know, when all of a sudden um, you've got... I know in Australia we've had a few national events, haven't we? Yeah, we've had so three we're, this year. We've been joking and we want to actually hold our own event. And I'm, going to call, I'm going to call it the Intergalactic uh, Drone Championship so we can invite aliens and everyone. May as well, make it even bigger again, <laughs> eh? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Shouldn't that be held in America? Because like anyone in America is like a you know not from America and they're legal alien or something. I hardly think we can be absolved on the whole foreigners hating thing at the moment in this country. Yeah, yeah, less of that now. Yeah, yeah. May is like literally listening to this. Yes, I like the racist one with the dodgy beard. It's my right wing. Oh my! Sometimes I wonder who let you on here, and then I realise it's me. Also, and it says something about my sense of humour. You know, I like you scare the living hell out of me every time you open your mouth. Oh come on! You're not exactly uh, without fault in that department. I know you encourage me. There's me, some me gems, and but there's some cringeworthy moments. Then there's yeah, the gems yeah. of it. Uh, Someone's got to do it anyway. Like me, me and Adam don't care about no. our reputation. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a, I have a question to the to the chaps. Um, how do you know um, Juz and what's your your history with with Juz? Oh, wow. Do you, do you want do you want to? I'll I'll, I'll 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 go through my quick. Um, for those of you who don't know who Juz is, Juz was there from the beginning. He was FPVing, um, going out with backpacks and FPVing on the beach, uh, pulling off epic footage. Way He's grandfather. Grandfather, exactly. <laughs> And he is the nicest, nicest guy ever. And on a side note, um, if you, um, he's the sort of guy that if you turn around and say, oh, that was the most epic footage, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, I got lucky, you know what I mean? Or that was the most amazing flying. He goes, oh, no, it's just a quadcopter. He will never, ever take credit for anything whatsoever. He's just the nicest, most humble guy ever. Now, that being said, um, first time we came across Jazz was basically his videos like everyone else. And we didn't even know he was Australian, did we? No, I didn't. Uh, and then we were going to this one race meet. Uh, it wasn't a race meet. It was just a multi. It was our first ever Melbourne multi rider meet. Meet, yeah, that's right. So um, it was ba basically a group of multi rider guys that got together and said, "Look, let's have a barbie, a barbecue. Um, we'll have a, just do some fun flying." <laughs> not and that. not it was getting all... into any stereotypes, there, boys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, um, they organised this event. It was really cool, and um, Jazz was there, wasn't he? And that was the first time we actually met him. Yeah, and uh, Thomas absolutely thinks the world. Well, you can tell him a bit about your story with your first encounter with him, and probably your first flight with him, where he invited you out. Ah, uh, so my first flight with him, um, I can't remember how we organized that. This was something that kind of happened where it was like, oh, there's a uh, park I've been meaning to fly at. Do you guys want to go there um, and we'll try it? Because he's um he's with Parks Victoria, so he's kind of he's a ranger. He gets access to like heaps of different places. So he's got oh, he's got his footage. I've, yeah. I've asked yeah. him to come on the show, and he's just like, I'm not into self-promotion, and it's like... The third the third video down on his site is of kangaroos, so you probably should have guessed he was Australian. 
Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I think the first one, first one we saw was um, we Golden. saw we saw a couple of um videos, and they were just of anything. And then there was one at the beach, which was at Wilson's Promontory. Yeah, that so was, we knew where that's that was. golden. That's famous. Yeah, man. he flew. Yeah. He used to fly a tricopter as well. I think. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. can, I can actually tell you, going going even further back than that, because I, I I started subscribing to jazz. This was probably six seven years ago when I first started getting into things, and this was when I was experimenting with putting cameras on my RC helicopters. And jazz had a great one of a T Rex five hundred carrying a GoPro, and he created this crazy custom undercarriage for it, and got this amazing footage. So. I remember subscribing to him way back then uh, when he was experimenting with getting aerial footage before he started um, producing these uh, awesome quadcopter videos on sort of 500 size quads. And then obviously eventually things started getting smaller. But um, yeah, he's been doing great videos for a long time. Someone's battery's charged. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He has, that's for sure. I mean, um, his, his footage has been absolutely epic from day one and, um, Totally. From our point of view, he's he's the he's the grandfather of our this multi-rotor boom. You know what I mean? And um, the thing that's like I said, you got a lot of people. You got some people coming through that have got really big egos, which is kind of sad to see. But I mean, you're going to get that irrespective. Um, and that's probably what makes someone like Jazz Jazz even more attractive because he's such a humble guy. Um, and that's probably the reason why he doesn't want to be on the show because he won't want to talk about himself. Yeah, um, I, I think you can just. I, warning, I mean, tell him that you know, like let's drone out. They talk about lawnmowers, everything. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a chat of the flying field, really. I, I was generally shocked to see him put up a video where he actually vlogged because, again, oh, I'd no. never got the impression of him ever doing stuff like that. And all of a sudden, he's talking to camera. I was like, whoa, there he is. I, I was I blown away face. by that. I made sure I got onto him and said, dude, you've got to do more of this stuff. It's fantastic. Okay. And all he's like, oh no, I didn't like doing it. He was. I think he wasn't going to upload that one. Because he um wasn't sure about it all. So I just told him, look, just just don't think about it. Just bloody do it. You know what I mean? Because um, here's one person I'd like to see more of. We're gonna probably go flying with him a lot more this year. Yeah, especially now too. I, I think it's, he's someone with a with a bit of a golden touch as well. Because I I used to chat to him, although sort of under a different alias at the time, back on the Open Pilot forums when the CC3D was sort of first around, and he was one of the few guys that managed to pilot through some of the the bad parts about the cc3d software because it used to be you know as i've chat with jack about this you know there's a lot lot of pushing sliders around that didn't do an awful lot it was very difficult what was the thing to make it more twitchy like snap or something a snop oh god i can't remember no that was that was the turner g9 x weren't it snop roll that's it yeah yeah i'm not sure but but he he was great he he could just he, he just had the, the magic touch where he could pilot mm. through even the you know the the strangest most erratic flight controllers and, and get these beautiful outputs yeah. and you know i think there's there's a lot to to be credited there yeah look yeah, it's well, definitely I, a pioneer sure thing absolutely guys i've got my qav 500 that i've not built because of that man <laughs> oh, i mean he FPV big ones didn't he i mean huge to think of it just flying them around the parks these days it'd be crazy like how did you start out before have you done any helis or i think you guys have done some fixed wing haven't you yeah look my background is probably 30 plus years ago when i started in the hobby um as in the radio control aspect of it i was always building rubber powered models um couldn't get into radio control till uh i started working and could afford it um and the radio gear was really expensive back then so um it was basically i went out flew my first radio control aircraft crashed it within 10 seconds 
then joined the club, learned to fly, um, and that was sort of my background. Uh, Thomas, the irony with Thomas is he was interested in radio control. So he's interested in aircraft. Yeah, I was interested in radio control, but not for flying myself. And he was he was not interested. He'd, he'd made paper planes. He did everything except want to fly radio control aircraft. And um, he was probably mid-primary school when I decided to get rid of all my radio control gear because we weren't using it anymore. And then all of a sudden he got back into it. He, yeah. Well, he got into it. He, he was all of a sudden interested in actually flying. So that's how Thomas got into it. He wanted to learn to fly. And I think all of his, his first flights are on YouTube. All that stuff is all still there. And um, then all of a sudden, we had a couple of people send us some frames to review. The, the uh, what was it? CGX250. And the Minion. And the Minion. And uh, they were the Mini Quads, which we reviewed just for the heck of it. Because we thought, oh, yeah, people begin to fly these quads. We should probably do a video on it. Video on it. And I never would have thought that the quadcopters would have taken over. And they have now, haven't they? It's a whole different world, isn't it? Yeah. I know. I, I was thinking that the other day. I was walking up my road and thinking, man, I bought a Hubson and I flew it and it just attached itself to my ceiling. And then uh, <laughs> I, I switched it off. And, and now it's my job. And it's really weird. And I, I get to talk to you guys and everyone else. And it's a real pleasure. And uh, Oh, look, it's, it's, and it's also fantastic. The other special thing about the hobby is, um, you've got the opportunity to meet so many different people. Um, we're really lucky because we get to meet people from all over the world. Um, and the thing is, when you meet up with anyone, you guys would know this too. I mean, you might talk to someone on YouTube or Facebook or something like that, and all of a sudden you go out for a fly with them. And it's like you guys are best mates and you've known each other for ages. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, most of the community, I'd say 99% of the community is absolutely fantastic. And that's probably one of the big things when you go to these race meets. Um, like the nationals, or like you've got people from all over Australia, or if you go to Dubai, um, we had people from all over the world. And you've got this commonality, and you tend to click with all these people. I remember when Dubai was over, um, at one stage, Thomas turned, it, turned around and said, we're not going to see, you know, Metal Danny. We're not going to see, uh, you know, um, the Rotorized guys and blah, blah, blah. It was just really kind of sad when you leave these meets because you get to know these people. And over that course of one or two days, you sort of become mates. And... Uh, that's really the way the hobby is. And we get that even like I said, when people come out for a fly with us and we'll have a great day and then all of a sudden they're gone. It's like, oh, that's a bit sad. You know what I mean? But yeah, look, it, it's it's a good community yeah. and 99% of it is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Like, because I don't know whether it's because like Tony's some sort of contagious disease on my life, but he really does feel like family to me. <laughs> you know, I, I trust that man with my PIN number. Oh, I love you, Jack. <laughs> well, it was, it, was like, it was like when you rang me up, Jack. I mean, um, that day we're on Skype, and we just chatted a little bit on Facebook. Yeah. And you and we were going to have a quick five minute chat, and I don't know how long the chat went for. And eventually, oh, I, I, I to, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like we're supposed to be this really quick um Skype chat, and it, we were just talking like we'd known each other for years. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, uh, totally. Yeah, like you it's, know, it's like that, you know, and I'm. Even talking to you now, this is the second time I've actually spoken to you, as in spoken, you know. Yeah. And um, even the rest of the guys, you just feel like your mates. I mean, you could go and hang out with each other, go for a drink or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, have a fly. It's true. There's, it's... there's a, a really, really low asshole ratio in the um, in the drink. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. the way. Yes. And, I mean, and we... We do all want to talk forever, and I could I could say that for for those of you who listen to the show regularly and are aware of our many technical problems, you wouldn't believe how much time we spend talking about the show when we're not on air. Like the conversation <laughs> is actually almost continuous. I know this because recently I got an Apple Watch, and it links into the Skype. Every time <laughs> one of us messages each other, 
it wobbles my wrist. And that conversation <laughs> is live 24-7. Yeah. And we that... still start late every week. Yeah, that's it. We were up till like one or two in the morning, like sorting a few things out. But yeah, it, this, this show yeah, has literally boys. turned Adam's Juniper's arm into a battery-operated sex aid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's late. <laughs> uh, get into the hour mark you know what happens with jack yeah good point oh, oh, man. yeah you you've you've heard the the secret episode that i will get on to editing soon so uh, uh ooh. It, yeah <laughs> the uh yeah the boris episode oh that was pretty epic yeah as thomas listened to it is he scarred for life yeah, that look. I thought it was really. It wasn't bad at all. It, look, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, it wasn't. Um, oh, I thought it was fine. I was there was nothing that I heard that was really, really like you know. Oh my god, you know what I mean? Do we yeah. need to edit that out? I didn't hear anything that was really, really in my. That's just my personal. Yeah. With respect, you know though, you're Australian. <laughs> yes, true, true. <laughs> but no, and also, I mean, the the few little odd word that was said here and there. It wasn't said. It was said in a joking way. So yeah. I don't think. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you could no you can say this you could say the same word and you could use it harshly with the intent of, you know, um sort of putting someone down or whatever, or it could be said lightheartedly and it's just purely a joke and everyone gets it as a joke, you know what I mean? So look, I think even nowadays people get all the political correctness and all that. And we've gotten to the point where this is just my opinion, some of the stuff some of the stuff that we look at has been bad. It's just it's just gone over the top. You know what I mean? Where everyone's trying to be really, really careful yeah. about what they say with everything. I mean, look, yeah. we're still careful with what we do with what with our channel, you know, because we've got a lot of young listeners. Yeah, but um totally. yeah. I think some people just get too carried away with it and they just, you know, try and filter out absolutely everything, you know, which is kind yeah. of crazy. That, that's why we, you know, we have we have Adam for that, so that <laughs> our, you know that's that's his role, and and the safety. Well, wise I've got to prepare is, the little boys job. and girls for the real world. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I just set everything on fire. Um, I saw the legit guys making custom wings for the BMS guys. Is that true? Yes. Look, that that was really really cool. Look, um, they got in touch with me and said, look, can you do um the the, the problem we've got is when we started the channel originally it was all about um working out how to do things ourselves and we were trying to find that information on youtube and there wasn't that much in the way of information about some of the stuff we we're trying to do like what camera did we use what works and what doesn't so as a result we started reviewing the stuff we were buying and then eventually it sort of got to a point where people wanted to send stuff out and we'll review it which was great you get something for free and you can share the information you know um so that's kind of a win-win for us and it's a win-win for the community um in general um, but then all of a sudden, it got to a point where you've got every man his dog want. I mean, I've got people trying to send me vacuum cleaners to freaking review. And yeah. what am I going to, you know, vacuum cleaners or a, you know, a blender and all that? And I'm thinking, look, I can't really do a blender review on my channel because no one will watch it, you know. So uh, yeah. it's gotten to that point where things have gotten out of hand. So anyway, I will, uh, I will admit, it, did you? Yep. It, it was you that did the old telemetry um, tutorial. Is that right? You did the telemetry tutorial for the NACE 32, is that right? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yep. And that's and how I learned how to do the, the analog telemetry via the NACE 32. I just want to well, thank this you is, for that. This is the funny thing. I had Juz uh, contact me once. This is, we, we already met him, you know what I mean? He goes, um, yeah. 
he contacted me and said, look, thanks very much for the tutorial. I'm using these. I've actually favorite of these videos. They're fantastic. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how the hell could I possibly be teaching Juz anything? You know what I mean? <laughs> so that, that, that was, that was kind of mind boggling in that. But anyway, back to the wings. Uh, so anyway, they got in touch with me, Team Legit, and said, look, we'd like you to do a review of your wings. So I just said, look, I'd love to, but I know how long it takes it takes to build a wing because we did one for the Juggernauts, yeah. which is uh, Sweet Wings. And it was it's a lot of work to put together a wing. And with what we're doing at the moment, Thomas is racing and all that. I haven't really got the time to do that much building. Uh, like at the moment, we've got to build another five helixes for him uh, for Hawaii. So um, we're flat out with all that. So anyway, cut a long story short, I said, look, I haven't got time to build it. Maybe try in a couple of months. So a couple of months went by. They got in touch with me again and said, look, are you ready for us to send you the wings? And I said, look, I'm really not quite ready yet. You know what I mean? Maybe give me another couple of months. So a little bit of time went by. And then they got in touch with me again and said, look, um, if we sent you the wings and they were completely built and all you had to do was fly them and just share it with the community, would you be willing to do that? And I thought, oh, okay. If you're going to send me built wings, yeah, why not? You know what I mean? And and I was quite surprised that we're willing to do that. And then the icing on the cake was um, we've got Heather and Shane um, building for us and they've done an absolutely phenomenal job building these things. And when I say phenomenal, I'm not just talking about just the build quality, just the amount of love and um, thought that went into the builds. I don't know whether you guys have seen the wings or not, uh, that they've done for us. They're absolutely beautiful and it's just so thoughtful what they did. I'm just so touched and blown away by with it. By it. it's just mind boggling. Yeah, I that every like, um, oh god, this is Mr. Flash uh, Gangster and Mrs. Flash Gangster. Team, yeah, but Team Legit always have Sorry. things that look really good. They really do. They've got such a good little style of them. I even like the little logo as well. Because they, they were making um, power distribution yeah. boards for the ZMR, weren't they? And they were quite sort of right, yeah. hard to get hold of. Yeah, they've done they've done a few good things at the moment. And they're, they're growing at the moment quite quickly, which is fantastic. It's good to see wings are really growing. And that's um, getting back on um, the radar. Uh, we've got Luke Bannister now flying wings again. So that's really, really good. Because uh, yeah. that's one area that hobby... I mean. The biggest issue we have, I'd love to, I, mean, I love flying aircraft, really, really love flying aircraft. I've got two projects that I haven't finished off. I bought an ASW28 glider and um, I was supposed to be putting in head tracking in it and it was going to be like a radio control gliding simulator that's not really a simulator because it's real, but it's still radio control. But I wanted the full gliding experience with the Vario, the whole works. And I've bought everything for it, but I haven't put it together yet, have I? No. So, um, but I, I want to do more fixed wing stuff too. I really want to get back into it. I think it's a good career move. Probably help you get jobs yeah. with the um, delivery people and that. <laughs> well, do you reckon the delivery stuff is ever going to happen? They're, well, I, there are real yeah, people actually right. working on it in this country. Um, I think given the Georgians, new legislation. Somerset, they're working on the, not just the delivery, but there's the, you know, hovering um, mobile phone masks, that kind of thing for events yeah. and i think you know wings are obviously just so much more efficient oh look, there's, there's no two ways i remember at the state one stage we were flying the um the fpv wings and we we're also flying the quads when we we're going through that transition period thomas was flying his uh, minion 220 and i was flying my zeta fx 61 i think it is and um i was out probably two k's away and thomas crashed his quad and he wanted a hand looking for it so i just switched it over to rth and this thing was circling overhead probably i'd say 
30 minutes or so. And uh, we found his quad, um, got him going again, put my goggles back on again, went out for another few Ks worth of flying and then came back and landed. And you, you really can't do that with a with a uh, multi-rotor. So yeah, look, they're, they're a fantastic platform. Yeah, what were you saying about the, the um, legislation, Frank? I was saying about how the uh, the way that the prototype legislation that's been released uh, about a week ago now for, by European Aviation Safety Authority that I am still drafting a letter about. But um, yeah, that all looks fairly clearly in the direction of having drones or at least unmanned aircraft for delivery and all sorts of things. It's opening that sort of thing up. So I definitely think they're looking that way and probably in talks with Amazon and also looking at other bits of legislation. I'm pretty sure they're talking to DJI as well, some of the requirements for hardware. I think it will be about flight separation. So yes, I mean, there's a commercial aspect to these things flying in the air, whether it's a fixed wing or whether it's a multi-rider. But one thing they have to try and sort is what point can planes fly at as opposed to, you know, manned aviation. Um, and keeping stuff in this safe separation. So it, legislation has to catch up with the technology. And well, I think that's already pretty clear and sorted out in terms yeah. of commercial aircraft versus us. I think the, the key bit now is uh, the the low-flying light no, aircraft, example, particularly so you... helicopters. Like The separation between low-flying helicopter operations and us is not that much at the moment, and that seems to be what the legislation is concerned about but the legislation doesn't prevent also people and security methods trying to bring these down from the sky just I mean, because it's there so even not intentionally but what about um you've got they say say you've got amazon doing a delivery of a parcel i don't know if they're going to ever go down that path you know what i mean but if say they are and little johnny's out there in his street his mum and dad bought him a new kite and he's got it up he's flying it it's probably about three or four hundred feet up um is this, thing gonna even, <laughs> is this thing going to even know this kite's up in the air? Yeah, oh no. Uh, I mean, one, you know, much better sensing technology is going to be absolutely crucial, I think. Obviously, a kite, what, 400 meters in the air, did you say? And they don't know. Uh, a couple of hundred feet, something yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Um, so it's still pretty high. I mean, we, used to, we used to do competition kiting and uh, we can get our kites up pretty high. So um, we used to fly them in storms and everything. So my point being, that's pretty extreme, but still. If you're going to be coming to do a delivery, you're going to be coming down quite low, definitely within the altitude yeah. range of a quad kite. And it may see the kite, but will it see the actual line that's actually holding it? It's a very good valid point. That's yeah. true. I think I know, you might I have been the one I mean, thing no one's thought of. But this is the that, point that's where... The stuff. I think actually yeah, so they have thought of it. That's not what I understand. I think they have thought of it because well. in the class zero of of the new legislation it specifically says unpowered untethered unmanned aircraft will uh, be ruled out no, no, yeah. how do you mean ban- all you need to do all you need to do is ban the kites i mean that's yeah simple. it's gonna well that's what the <laughs> ban, it looks that, not, to me like ban childhood it's bad it looks to me because yeah. there's this class of aircraft in the new le- in the new legislation which is you're allowed this for two years after the new legislation comes in and then it's going to get banned and that includes unpowered, untethered aircraft. After that, you would need, you know, to get the, all the the same, um, you know, licensing and everything else, and a registration on the aircraft, and have it all signed off with CE markings and everything. 
after that period of time to fly it, which kind of looks to me like they're requiring registration of kite flyers, but I, I am not a lawyer. I'll have another read. It comes down to why, whether the police can act upon something, and it's going to go to the jurisdiction of the police, essentially, to police these things in the in the uh, civilian sense. In the commercial sense, it's probably CAA and stuff like that, or your local... Uh, Adam, do you, want to, do you want to say anything about the police? Well, it's... Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's a, and, or... it's a tiresome and depressing... No, I really don't have anything to say on that subject. <laughs> Although, it's interestingly, I've not noticed that, you know, it's... Uh... No, no, I'm not going to get drawn in. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I was going to create a war. I've, I read something funny. Um, Chris G said, I found my Hubson in the street. No one claimed it, so I bought a TX and the Charger. Jeep online, <laughs> and it gave me... Uh, gave it a happy home. Sorry, oh, my, like Chris sweet. G's just like I found this kitten. I guess it's mine now. I better get some kibble. Gotta um, make sure my Hubson's not got anyone. Eh? Yeah. Oh, we uh, we've hit an hour mark. Is that a problem for anyone? I think I should uh, hit stop on the record on the podcast. But I'm sure you guys probably happy to carry on on the hangouts. I don't I, know. I, I, I have to. I have to go. But it would be awesome to stay here forever. But I um, I can't. Sadly. So um, those of us that do have to go, we will say good night to you on the podcast and listening live on PoweringOn.co.uk. But I'm sure Jack will happily share out a link on, to um, listen got... to the after show. Yeah. Uh, no, I I'm, I, I want to say if you want to keep the show independent and going, Frank needs more money for editing because I had to edit last week's show and I left a rude word in there and I'm very sorry. I'm not a professional editor so um, if you don't want to be offended please give Frank money uh, <laughs> let's drone out on the Patreon and the um, the other news is uh, White Spy if you're still listening do you have any 8 inch HQ props that aren't slow fly version and, okay. and where are you are you dead I miss you my friend please don't be dead that's, that's all, all, all important updates yeah. Yeah. and for now it's been great guys I'll, uh, yeah. bye